0: For me, when you do something, you have to do 110%. Yeah. Welcome to
1: Carmelia Exchange. I'm Faisal Carmelian. We're joined with Sam from Tuck Tuck Tide. He's the OG. He is the one who started everything up 32 years ago. I really want to know more about how you go from a core 32-year business to now franchising and getting into multiple locations. Now, Sam, many business owners have a challenge expressing what their business really is. It's easy to say, I have a restaurant, but how do you differentiate your restaurant from others when you're just meeting somebody for the first time? So we call this an elevator pitch. Pretend you're going up the elevator. You have less than 30 seconds to get to the next floor and you're that one person in the elevator. You got to tell them, what is your business? So on 30 seconds or less, Sam, tell us about your business.
0: Well, in Thailand, when I grow up, we don't have an elevator. <laughs> we just go with the ladder. Yeah. You know, we, we have to work hard yeah. to get up there, take a bit longer. Yeah. But I like it because the elevator is so easy elevator. to get up, right? Yeah. But the step, you have to work harder, you have to, you know. And uh, for, for business, uh, when we start with my brother, sister, and my mom, they started, and uh, we have no experience before about restaurants. But mom and sister know how to cook. Yeah. we got good product, and we know we're going to do well.
1: Sam, what's the secret to having
0: a business last 32 years, especially a restaurant? The customer that makes you last. And my mom always said that, uh, Sam, it's not about you. It's about customer. They're the one that pay your rent. Yeah. Make sure you take good care of them. Yeah. We got third generation, fourth generation coming now, and yeah. it, uh, it's it's of cool. It is cool. Personally, I'm a shy person, like typical Thai. But when I see my customer, it's like a bunny. Yeah, it just you know gives you energy. Yeah, it's very important to have connection to build rapport with customer. So it's connection with with your customers. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's understanding the market Thai food in Calgary. Thirty-two years ago, there was just you and another company. Yes, but more and more restaurants are coming in. What has been the couple things that you've done to combat that, to fight against business being taken away from you?
0: Yeah, for for me, it it not just the food, of course. I I know that when just compared to King and I back then, our food so different. Yeah, but I never tell people don't go there when they ask me, please, because. I always like competition. Yeah. For instance, if I go to uh Rock or something, and buy toothpaste. You make sure you've got two or three, right? You compare, otherwise you don't know which one better. Correct. So it's always make everybody better. So you like the competition, yes. you like yes. the fight. Nice. Yes, but you have to have some uniqueness too. That's why I get into why. My brother used to t- run this place, but after he opened a restaurant, my mom threw me in. <laughs> so I said one day, I said, well, we got good food, but the why is lousy. Yeah. I look at the, the list because he doesn't drink. My family don't you know nobody drinking. but I said, when we gonna have the wallet we should do better. For me when you do something you have to do you know 110 percent. yeah I immerse into that. I read every book I can get all my hands on and I went tasting yeah I, I don't have the, the best wine list in the world yeah but I try to pay attention what my customer want yeah. what, what they like. Were you always a fan of drinking wine before? No
1: So you weren't weren't even involved in that. No. You saw that there's got to be something better for
0: your business. Yes. And then you just jumped right in. You immersed yourself to compete. Yes. But the other thing is because I know a lot of my client oil and gas really well to do. Yeah. And uh, drink wise, that's yeah. why I have to educate myself. So your
1: customers know. wanted something, they, yeah. they
0: like something, they yeah. can have it here, you're not providing it, so you learned all about yes. it. And then the thing about my Y program, very good because I don't mark up arm and leg like a 2.5 or 3 times. I always tell customers, negotiable. Many times for people, if they like your wine, they drink two bottles. Yeah. But they think you're going to get more coming referral so you
1: used your ability to make a higher profit margin you took a little bit less from that yes as a way to say thank you if you like the wine i'll drop the price for you yes bring you back again so then you keep on eating our food drinking our wine having the experience yes
0: the worst thing you can do is i think when you make people feel like they don't get good value when yeah. they walk out to your door, that's the worst thing. I want to surprise them, oh wow, you know. It's a very good deal. But the key, you have to keep them what they like. Yeah. It's a why very subjective. Yeah. So normally people come to my restaurant not more than three times I know exactly what the style they like. It's very important. For me, restaurants are supposed to be concentrated on your food that you're known for. Yeah. Why just a complimentary. Yeah. But then again, it can bring more people come to your door. Today's world
1: uh, as a restaurant owner is completely different than it was 32 years ago. Yes. How does somebody who's been in this business for as long as you have adjust with
0: the whole social media wave, the internet, search engines, all that? Uh, so it, that, that's the tough one. I have to admit that I'm a uh, computer illiterate pretty much. Even my website, yeah. my friend, he did it for me many years ago. It just looks it just kind of like an outdated for many years. But since the COVID, I found that you have to do something about it. Yeah. So I decided to overhaul the website. Yeah, the website. Yeah. And I can see the positive from that. How
1: quickly into the pandemic did yeah. you change your website?
0: I think quite quick, like three and months. I'm, I think it was right. Yeah. Think back, I should have done it for long times ago. Yeah. So, but not too late. So this is your wine moment. Yeah. What
1: you've done with your website and and getting a a different approach is the same thing you did when you brought wine in.
0: Yes, and the same thing like uh, we never have the model of delivery, takeout. Mm -hmm. Now we do, you know, you have to adjust. You have to to adapt. I always like the center surprise. You see that at my restaurant. It's really nonchalant, you know, It really More people just pass by. They okay. didn't even see it. Okay. But when they come in, they just say, wow. Completely different Different experience. world. I came from Thailand, Vima, Buddhism, and people love that. And yeah. they so surprise. But now I found one thing that the front, we need to facelift a little bit. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Look at that. So after the social media, I mean yeah. the website, yeah. I'm going to make it more brighter, yeah. more in white. So yeah. that's the next project. You always have to be adjusting. Yes, we have to. When? I only compare to, executing like a Tesla compared to GM. Elon Musk, he run. Yeah. And he do things quick. Do you think it's better
1: for businesses like yours to go fast and learn from that or slowly improve given the competition,
0: given how everything's going online? I think something you you need to do fast, like a social media, for instance, a website, I have to decide fast. And I'm glad I did that. And uh, sometimes you can't go too fast. I learned from Tuk Tuk one thing. After we opened uh, 17, very successful. Yeah. And then we tried to scale too fast. Okay. We thought people were gonna sit in. More, you know, yeah. like more fire dining, but yeah. no, mostly take out. Yeah. So we learned so much from that mistake. So do you think slowing that down would have yeah. prevented the mistake? What What we should done, should have done, we should open just one first. But okay. when we realized what happened, the mistake with the three, you know, location that we uh, realized like, more people just try yeah, just take out more, right, yeah. instead of sit in. So we, we have to adjust. The footprint has to be smaller. Yeah. And that's why we shrink it down. Yeah. When you grow, I think many entrepreneurs, they make mistake because they're so excited about it. Yeah. They spend lots of money yeah. without thinking or without planning properly. Yeah. Like us, we do go away with three of them. Yeah. Instead of, why don't we slow down? let we take one first, pilot project, and then move on. So I'm I'm the I'm that entrepreneur
1: that goes fast. Yeah, of course. I go really fast. Now I'm lucky I have a business partner and I've got a great team that says, Faisal, slow down, relax. You're going way too fast. Yes. Um, and so I find that having a good person beside you to not only bounce your ideas off, but also to put you, make you more grounded and, and see things from a different perspective is yes. very important. Who are you using as your sounding board? Who would you talk to about your ideas that you would want to s- get their, their advice or their, their knowledge on?
0: Well, I got very good partner. Without him, there would be a tuk-tuk. You know, when you start up, you need lots of support, SB. Yeah. funding. Fortunately, my partner had that and he approached me six, seven mm. years ago. He my customer many year, Yeah. And he in all and gas business. Yeah. Lots of support came from him. Fantastic. And we went to uh two, three CEO. He said, I have to find my friend. Mm. But you have to do it. For the good for everybody. Yeah. I always believe the company just as good as the people with that.
1: Absolutely. You know? The
0: people who are on the ship yes. will tell you exactly yeah. how
1: the ship will work.
0: For instance, you can say, I don't want to say before that it's not good, but... Well, it wasn't a good
1: fit, right? Yes.
0: That's that, that the key. I think if you find the right people, yeah. it just makes everything so easier. It's hard. Like even yeah. in my business, yeah.
1: we've, had, we've had people come on board, yeah. been with us for a long time and had to leave. Yes.
0: That's hard to see them go, yes, yes. Um, but it wasn't a right fit. Until we got Jimmy. Yeah. We're so lucky, I would say, we can give him the key and we sleep at night. You don't have to worry. Don't have to worry. That's why right now, talk about fast, we can go fast now. Yeah. Uh, actually, not fast enough for me. I want it faster. Yeah, of course. We're ready to go, to scale. Yeah. Because we got the right people to scale now. And Jimmy capable of that. He like me. We we step you know, with the ladder, yeah. not the elevator. Not the elevator. But the work ethic that I really like That's about it. That's the key thing. Yeah. If you've got people who have the same yes. work ethic or values, yes.
1: then things move
0: in the right direction. Yes. And the then Jimmy, he, he he gave us the three or five years ahead, you know. What's going to be? Yeah. We can see exactly yeah. where we're we going. We get Jimmy in. Drum roll. <laughs> we'll get you to
1: come this way, Jimmy. All right. <laughs> Count 10 for me,
0: one, two, three. So you gotta
1: be one. loud. I'm not loud. <laughs> Jack
2: up that. But that's my voice, yeah. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Tell me what would you guys do? So when I joined, they had five corporate stores. So it wasn't a franchise at the time. The model was there, the food was there, which is the most important part. And they the investors did a great job creating commissary to keep the store sustainable at a good quality, which is very important when you scale. So when I joined, it was very easy to take what they've created and grow the model. So these are our lotus boxes. All our entrees come in these fancy little lotus boxes that Sam created. Luckily, we trademarked them in North America so we can show all our secrets and everything with it. They're very unique, more than just the design. They hold the food very well. The sauce doesn't absorb through them. It has some venting to it, so the steam kind of comes out. So it's great for delivery and pickup. The hard part is to make them. Oh, great.
1: Put the pressure (laughs) now.
2: So what you do is you have a little crease here. See the straight line? Yeah. You gotta fold it up. Where am I folding it from? See this little part? Right here, okay. Put your hand right here. Put my hand here. And then fold that part up. Got you. Bend the crease there, fold right. it back. Yeah. Now fold it tighter. Eight more
1: times. <laughs> Eight more times? <laughs> you gotta do it all the way around. Sam, I wanna see you do this. I wanna see- No, I no. have it. No.
0: <laughs> you can't do it either? <laughs> no. This is- so complicated. too complicated. Too
1: complicated for me too. Look at this. Jimmy, you're doing great. Look at that. That's it. This packaging is very important. A, it's memorable. B, it, it works for the actual food item. Why choose it like this beyond the, the experience and the memory? But what was it beyond that that you said, we got to have this as part of the business?
0: Yeah, What happened is we have to have something, like, a, like I said, unique. We yeah. talked about, remember earlier, yeah. I only relate to McDonald's. Anybody can create a burger joint and they can have better burger, yep. but they can not beat that golden ox. Yeah. This is a and ox for us. Yeah. And that's why we patent it, we trademark it. Yep. But like I said, that's the unique for us.
1: So Jimmy, tell me a bit more about your background and why they brought you in. Well, I started off very young. My dad
2: was a multi-unit franchisee in a pizza business. My uncles were the same. We have come from a family of franchising. And at a very young age, my uh, brother actually and my dad bought the rights to Quiznos in Calgary and they opened the first couple stores and my dad was busy with his franchise, so I took over. We opened seven stores, not properly, and that's where I would say that's where my university skills come in. Perfect. <laughs> that's where I learned everything. I saw how things shouldn't be done and how sh- things should be done. You know, I grinded that out for almost 22 years. In between that, we had or I was involved in consulting for other franchisees. I was helping invest in stores fixing the operational problems, and then reselling it back to the franchisee or selling it off to someone else. I was a third-party auditor for Burger King. Yep. Once I started inspecting the same stores over and over and over and over again, you start walking into restaurants, it's almost a bad thing because you start looking at their baseboards, their vents and you know all the yeah. dirty stuff that no one else notices. Yeah. So that's what helped me get the operational skills that I have now. Coming into this company, they when we talked, it wasn't a franchise. And the biggest thing for me was when I talked to Sam and his partner, they didn't want what I call a pump and dump franchise, where you just put up 100 stores, sell it, don't worry about what happens after that. Yeah, so true. Because I stood in behind the counter in a store that didn't do well as a franchisee, I didn't want anyone to go through that. So the big thing for me was we're going to build this properly, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to make as many people successful as possible.
0: And remember then, the Bollywood? Yeah. Happy why? Happy life. Yeah. We make sure the franchisee very happy. Yeah. Like I said, when we opened the 17 there. A lot of people come through. We can open 20 easily in yes. that years, But we're not ready yet. We, we don't want to do that. So for the long term, we make sure. I, I want to stay another 100 years yeah. for the tuk-tuk time. So,
1: so let me use a different industry in the franchise and non-franchise model. Let's talk coffee shops. I'll pick on two different companies. Tim Hortons is a franchise model. Starbucks is not. Why go franchise? Why not just open up as many corporate locations as
0: you can? I like the... St- Mamba pop or family business hmm. because you have only one. You can't let it sink. Yeah. So it means that they have to work hard. That, that's an interesting concept because yeah. one thing that you've had with you, yeah.
1: your business partner, yeah. Jimmy, and these franchise, yeah. the work ethic. Yes, very important. It, that's right. a cultural value that you have in this business yes. is work ethic.
2: Well, that was one thing that I learned from my family was the bigger they got, the less profit they ended up making because a franchisee with two stores is going to put everything they have into it. They're going to do it right and they're going to care. And that's the biggest thing is to care.
1: Because they're vested.
2: Exactly. You can hire the best managers. They'll never be at the same level as a franchisee from a caring point of view. And that's why I like the franchise model versus the management mm-hmm. model.
1: You had corporate locations initially. Yes. And to switch to French. What what happened where you said, I'm going to go to franchise versus corporate owned?
0: No, we only way on along, I'll go to to do the franchisee, okay. mom and pop. Okay.
1: This is where the
2: respect part that I have for the ownership was, is they wanted to invest to see if it worked. So they opened the first five stores with their own money, their own effort to see if it works before they make other people pay. Gotcha. Where you see a lot of these franchisors open one store and say, okay, now we're franchising across Canada. Where these guys actually did it, they they saw the errors, they fixed it. It was very easy for me to come in after that, tweak a few things and okay. make this, move
1: on the process that you guys go through do you corporately start up a location get it up and running and then franchise it out or do you go right to the franchise right off the get-go
2: up to this point we've signed the leases started the construction and started the process and the biggest thing for that was we wanted to let everyone know that we believed in the site enough to put our own money up so if you're, you're a franchisee coming in if you don't buy this location that's fine we'll corporately run it but you can have another one and you can pick that site We've opened five stores in a year and four months. We've done that with every one of them. We've started the process, we've paid the original bills. And then the franchisee comes in either right when we open or right before we open. So everything's negotiated with our money. So we're not trying to nickel and dime anyone. We're not, you know what I mean? We've negotiated the construction to make sure it's the best price, just to kind of show authenticity and that we're willing to put up our own money.
1: That's not the normal practice. No, it's not. It? There's a lot of similarity with that and, and the wine list. Yes. Now, you selected certain wines. You went through the proper due diligence yes. to make sure that you've got the right list. Yes. It's the same yes. thing you're doing. You put your own capital to yes. buy the wine, taste it, before yes. you put it on the yes. on the shelf for your customers. Same concept.
2: And no. we, and there's no markup when we sell it. It's, there's no markup. It's exactly what you get.
0: So no, we... We're very transparent. Like I said, we are very quality first. Yeah. We make sure we got that product, great product, and consistent. And then when we have franchisees, we make sure we take good care of them, make sure everybody make a good living. And and for the long term, I think when you do that, money will come. Money will come. Yeah. From an auditor's perspective, what
1: are some of the things that you see in the restaurant industry today that you see as problems that are happening in the industry right now? Honestly, it seems like we're short staff in the whole industry. Like I always
2: use the mcdonald's industry because they always have tons of staff in the back yeah where you go into some places and there's one person in the back and you're waiting a little longer and you're you're not getting the service you're supposed to and what another thing i'm seeing is the enthusiasm it's almost gone from whom the the, employee employees from the employees so like where we used to go into restaurants or fast food or quick service they'd be hey how are you what can i get you you know this is our new promotion we're now like it, there's just almost robotic behind the counter
1: and is that because of pandemic or do you think even before the pandemic i, I think it was it started a little more before the pandemic i think it, it, it's
2: a lot more now i think people are just frustrated things are tougher it's not as busy so you have less staff so one guy's doing more work than he used to and that's again just my opinion on it but i do believe the service is kind of disappearing from our industry
1: so how does a franchisor tell their franchisees Mm -hmm. to get the get the mojo going for the staff
2: you have to remind them why it's exciting to be in this industry or in your, in your concept specifically. For us, we're still young. So it's easy for us to keep everybody enthusiastic. They just bought their franchise. They're still excited. They haven't hit any big hurdles yet. So it's easy at this level. Talk to me in five years. That's going to be a different conversation okay. we have. Once you start getting to that concept or you've been there for a long time, the franchisees made some money, now he wants to go party or go to you know Arizona for a few months or whatever yeah. the case may be, that's when you have to go look back at that concept and yeah. try to figure out what excites him
1: again. Through my journey in my business, there are points in time where customer or client service kind of just drops. And you kind of have to do a reset. You have to bring everybody together and not only remind them, of why we're doing this, but actually revisit the values that yeah. this business was built on. Yes. Because as employees change, as more more locations, whatever it may be, people don't always remember why you did what you did. They don't know your story of 32 years. They don't know about the wine list. Yes. They don't know that this was corporately done first and then gone into franchise so that you can perfect it with a perfect, packaging like they, they don't remember those things no but there's value behind all of this yes how hard is it in the quick serve business to bring that reminder to the group and i'm going let's extend beyond just this business alone with TukTuk. let's talk about all your experiences in the past because going into a burger king location and doing an audit and you can just see the people and you can kind of get a sense of the of course the morale
2: in the in the yeah. location or you can feel it the, you knew from the first few minutes how the inspection was going to go before you even talked to anyone.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the, the people that were engaged that said hi to you before you walked in the door or just when you walked in the door, you knew that they, they cared more about the details than the guys that were what I call checked out. Yeah. And that happens in every industry. We you know, yeah. when with other franchisees that I was put, you know, in the same companies that I had, they gave up. Whether it's tough times or good times or whatever the situation is, there's there's a there's what I call a checkout moment.
1: There usually is a red flag. There's something that, that triggers you going, if I just focused on that red flag, I would have avoided or minimized that dip from experience, service level, whatever it may be. What's those red flags? The red flag. Or the service drop. What
2: I've seen in the franchise industry is when a franchisor doesn't listen to the franchisee early enough. Okay. That's because, again, I come from a franchisee's point of view on everything. Yeah. So I always say a lot of the decisions we make at Tuk Tuk is because... I don't see it from a corporation point of view a lot of the times, even though we could make a little more money if we did this or whatever it is. I always look at it from the franchisee's point of view. And what I've seen is the franchisor ignores the franchisees for a little too long, and then something, a red flag, gets this ripple effect, and it
1: just. Would you say the franchisee is like the franchisor's customer?
2: That's exactly what it is. If your customer, which is the franchisee, is not happy, they're gonna move on, sell the store, close the store, whatever they're gonna decide, yeah. and you won't grow as a corporation because you're doing your something
1: price. wrong. Take care of your customers. Exactly. That's fantastic.
0: No, i think it's very important to take care of the franchisee like our, like our best customer. Okay. And then our best customer take care of the rest.
2: They're not only your best yeah. customer, they're yeah. also your
0: marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time.
2: So if your franchisees happy and the new franchisees coming on board and they question them.
1: Yeah. Every they, time I've yeah. looked at a franchise opportunity. I've always talked to other franchisees. Yes.
0: The best reference. Yeah.
1: And you
2: don't just pick and choose which franchisees no, to talk to. <laughs>
1: I, I actually do a surprise visit. Yeah. Because I get approached quite a bit to buy businesses. Yeah. And I'll go and take a surprise visit just to be a customer, to yeah. see what the experience is like. Talk to the owner, talk to the manager, whoever may be there, just to get that kind of investigative viewpoint of, what is it really like when no one's on a warning that someone's coming to visit for that reason? Well, and it's not—it's
2: like an <laughs> not—it's uh, not the list that's given to you either. It's not the happy franchisees. It's yeah. everybody, and that's what we do. We give out our every list. Here yeah. you go. Go talk to everyone. Because I'm a big believer that I'd rather have 20 successful stores than 50 open stores. Yeah, so true.
0: That's why we try to cap yep. maybe 10 maximum in Calgary. We don't want a cannibal light shower. Yeah. Look at at the coffee shop franchise. They're everywhere. Too many.
1: What's the plans for for Tuk Tuk now?
2: We're opening Airdrie in two weeks. Uh, We're moving on to Edmonton after this, and we've had some interest in Vancouver.
1: Why west versus going east into
2: the prairies? So one thing we haven't discussed is Tuk Tuk brings in a lot of its own product. So we have our own commissary that supplies the food. Yep. We bring in our own paper products because no one really makes these. Yeah. <laughs> so Vancouver, it's easy for us to distribute that way. Sure. Based on the population, we can put more stores out there. The logistically, just makes more sense. Makes sense. And plus, there's been a lot of interest in yeah. it. So when there's interest, you go there. Yeah.
1: Sam, I want you to think about business owners today. I need three tips for them so their, their
0: businesses can be as successful as yours. First, of course, you have to have your... Uh Products. All right. They can put your product first. Yeah. But I couldn't straighten up. Service. Number one for me. Very important. Especially small business like us. Yeah. You're the face of the, you know, and uh, you build a relationship with customer. And you're not just that person that you got lots of referral coming. Yeah. And the third, you have to keep update. You have to keep evolve yeah to why you're gonna be like a, I don't want to a dinosaur it. yeah no no care
1: about it, you know yeah i love it so it's yeah. make sure you got good product yes make sure you got good service yes and stay fresh keep it going yes look at that i love it yeah. all right jimmy i need your top three tips for business owners
2: i would say product number one the other thing is that's important to me is put your ego aside i think ego gets in the way when the right decision needs to be made a lot of times okay. and that's where you see a lot of people fail so just make your decision based on business not ego and third one would be react quick. Yes. If you see a mistake, don't wait. Just exactly. make the adjustment and move forward.
1: Look at that.
0: Run quick like a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I love Elon.
1: I want to thank you both. All of these great ideas and tips for our business owners, 32 years. Congratulations on that. Thank you yeah, for, for having th- us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more from the Kermali Exchange. And leave a comment to join the conversation. See you next time.